episode 68. The first thing you must realize is that power is collective. The individual only has power insofar as he ceases to be an individual. You know the party slogan, freedom is slavery. Has it ever occurred to you that it is reversible? Slavery is freedom. Alone, free, the human being is always defeated. It must be so, because every human being is doomed to die, which is the greatest of all failures. But if he can make complete, utter submission, if he can escape from his identity, if he can merge himself in the party so that he is the party, then he is all-powerful and immortal. The second thing for you to realize is that power is power over human beings, over the body, but above all, over the mind. Power over matter, external reality as you would call it, is not important. Already, our control over matter is absolute. For a moment, Winston ignored the dial. He made a violent effort to raise himself into a sitting position and merely succeeded in wrenching his body painfully. But how can you control matter, he burst out. You don't even control the climate or the law of gravity. And there are disease, pain, death. O'Brien silenced him with a movement of his hand. We control matter because we control the mind. Reality is inside the skull. You will learn by degrees, Winston. There is nothing that we could not do. Invisibility, levitation, anything. I could float off this floor like a soap bubble if I wish to. I do not wish to because the party does not wish it. You must get rid of those 19th century ideas about the laws of nature. We make the laws of nature. But you do not. You are not even masters of this planet. What about Eurasia and East Asia? You have not conquered them yet. Unimportant. We shall conquer them when it suits us. And if we do not, what difference would it make? We can shut them out of existence. Oceania is the world. But the world itself is only a speck of dust, and man is tiny, helpless. How long has he been in existence? For, for millions of years, the earth was uninhabited. Nonsense. The earth is as old as we are. No older. How could it be older? Nothing exists except through human consciousness. But the rocks are full of bones and extinct animals, mammoths and mastodons and enormous reptiles which lived here long before man was ever heard of. Have you ever seen those bones, Winston? Of course not. 19th century biologists invented them. 
Before man, there was nothing. After man, if he could come to an end, there would be nothing. Outside man, there is nothing. But the whole universe is outside us. Look at the stars. Some of them are millions of light years away. They are out of our reach forever. What are the stars, said O'Brien indifferently. They are bits of fire a few kilometers away. We could reach them if we wanted to, or we could blot them out. The Earth is the center of the universe. The sun and the stars go round it. Winston made another convulsive movement. This time, he did not say anything. O'Brien continued as though answering a spoken objection. For certain purposes, of course, that is not true. When we navigate the ocean or when we predict an eclipse, we often find it convenient to assume that the Earth goes round the sun and that the stars are millions upon millions of kilometers away. But what of it? Do you suppose it is beyond us to produce a dual system of astronomy? The stars can be near or distant according as we need them. Do you suppose our mathematicians are unequal to that? Have you forgotten doublethink? Winston shrank back upon the bed. Whatever he said, the swift answer crushed him like a bludgeon. And yet he knew, he knew that he was in the right. The belief that nothing exists outside your own mind. Surely there must be some way of demonstrating that it was false. Had it not been exposed long ago as a fallacy? There was even a name for it, which he had forgotten. A faint smile twitched the corners of O'Brien's mouth, and he looked down at him. <laughs> I told you, Winston, he said, that metaphysics is not your strong point. The word you are trying to think of is solipsism. But you are mistaken. This is not solipsism. Collective solipsism, if you like. But that is a different thing. In fact, the opposite thing. All this is a digression, he added in a different tone. The real power, the power we have to fight for night and day is not power over things, but over men. He paused and for a moment assumed again his air of a schoolmaster questioning a promising pupil. How does one man assert his power over another, Winston? Winston thought. By making him suffer, he said. Exactly, by making him suffer. Obedience is not enough. Unless he is suffering, how can you be sure that he is obeying your will and not his own? Power is in inflicting pain and humiliation. Power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together again in new shapes of your own choosing. Do you begin to see then what kind of world we are creating? It is the exact opposite of the stupid hedonistic utopias that the old reformers imagined. 
a world of fear and treachery and torment, a world of trampling and being trampled upon, a world which will grow not less but more merciless as it refines itself. Progress in our world will be progress toward more pain. The old civilizations claimed that they were founded on love or justice. Ours is founded upon hatred. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph, and self-abasement. Everything else we shall destroy. Everything. Already, we are breaking down the habits of thought which have survived from before the revolution. We have cut the links between child and parent, between man and man, and between man and woman. No one dares trust a wife or a child or a friend any longer. But in the future, there will be no wives and friends. Children will be taken from their mothers at birth as one takes eggs from a hen. The sex instinct will be eradicated. Procreation will be an annual formality like the renewal of a ration card. We shall abolish the orgasm. Our neurologists are at work upon it now. There will be no loyalty except loyalty toward the party. There will be no love except the love of Big Brother. There will be no laughter except the laugh of triumph over a defeated enemy. There will be no art, no literature, no science. When we are omnipotent, we shall have no more need of science. There will be no distinction between beauty and ugliness. There will be no curiosity, no enjoyment of the process of life. All competing pleasures will be destroyed. But always, do not forget this, Winston, always there will be the intoxication of power, constantly increasing and constantly growing subtler. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever.